Hello, my friends and fiends. Welcome to the first Mimosa Mystery Monday of 2021. Yay! For this episode, uh, I had a Skype call with one of my best friends on the entire planet, Maggie, my New York bestie. Um, We talked about what it was like for her living in a funeral home, the scariest place she's ever been, and a few random creepy things. So as usual, I did have a topic that I had in mind and we got pretty off topic. So we'll definitely have to do another episode together, but just grab yourself a beverage and pretend that you're sitting and just having a chat with us and enjoy. Okay, so I want to talk about haunted places that we've been. But to start that off, I want to talk about the least haunted place that you've been, which is living in a funeral home. And that is just so, it's so ironic that that was like such a peaceful place. When in my head, it's filled with the ghosts of every angry person that's ever been through there. Right. Cause like you hear horror stories about like, it was like the haunting in Connecticut or something like that was all about um, these people that moved into like an old mortuary and there was like an old incinerator in the basement and then their kid went crazy and tried to kill everybody. That actually sounds like Amityville Horror, but I swear it's like the same like kind of thing. They all just like, you know, remember that movie that was scary and then you couldn't sleep? Yeah. Like they all just sound like that yeah. to me. So I don't know. No, don't you know. would well, think about it like, okay, so the way I think of it is like nobody comes to the funeral home to die, right? Like you're presumably you're already dead when you get there. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I feel like they, they're, no one's going to have like spiritually like any kind of like attachment to a funeral home because you you should probably already be dead so it's like I think you are more likely to if you're going to haunt if you're the kind of person who becomes a ghost for whatever reason however like you know whatever alchemy occurs you know to make something like that happen like you would assume that that would be like where they died or whoever killed them or like like it would attach itself to something like traumatic like that rather than the place where they swap your juices for other juices and like put you in a box like you know what I mean like I don't know so eloquently put you should be a funeral director you're really good at it exactly I'll just sit the families down and be like so like when we get all those like tubes and stuff and we just like trade their juices for the juices we have here right so like what that does is like you know how they're already like kind of (laughs) stiff and gross like it makes them even more stiff and less gross did you know smell that your loved one is going to create like yeah like you know they don't actually really have to embalm people and they just do it and it's like a really easy like it's easy quick expensive money for them did you know that isn't that crazy like they Mm. I've heard that it's like you don't well like Jewish people don't from what I understand they don't embalm their dad. I don't know that for a fact. Actually, my last client was Jewish. I had this come up just an hour sooner, Tony. But no, so <laughs> that would have been a really weird thing to ask her. I know we're just getting to know each other as clients, but do you guys embalm your dad or yeah. like oh what the deal? Um, do you? I don't. Maybe you don't watch any of her stuff, but um, that Caitlin lady who has the good death, um, no, uh, the mortician lady on YouTube. Uh, I watch her stuff all the time. She's incredible because she has a funeral home in California. I have two of her books. I don't know if she has more, but I have two of her books. And she has a funeral home that tries to do it as like earth friendly as possible and as family friendly as possible. So they like 
encourage the families to help like um, do what they did in the olden days to like wa- help wash the bodies and to help um, and like, they don't embalm them. You know, they encourage like the families to like spend time with the body like how they used to. Like, you know, when they would have like a wake Um, in the home and they would have them in their like they would have their loved one in their living room for like a week and people would come in and see them and they'd have like parties and stuff so she like encourages them and anyway she has a youtube channel and it's just like it's so incredible that um most of north america is really the only we're the ones that have like this really weird like sort of like the strange culture around death and like nobody else my dad actually took a class called the american way of death i don't remember if it was like in school like obviously some sort of school but um and yeah like they basically talked about like the way we do things is so weird and it's like set up on like just a bunch of like strange understandings and interpretations of other traditions and like the way we end up doing it here is extremely expensive and ridiculous and there's no reason for it and it like actually sort of just makes everything worse in every way and I'm like I totally agree like like funeral homes stop it like stop it it's weird like let's all go to somebody else's house and look at like oh my god and why are we looking at them why are we looking at I don't know I just like the idea of a wait don't fucking look at me when I'm dead okay like (laughs) I'm like weird and I'm like I like, no thank you I don't know because you can't like control it like if you've got like a boogie there's like nothing you can do you're just dead I don't know yeah but uh, you know like they wouldn't have that anyways I mean at this point like I've seen so many dead bodies like I know it's scary it's like the older you get the more of them you've seen I guess and yeah it's just, I know but I never really get quite numb to it I still like even like at like families like funerals like I'm like in the back of the funeral home like sitting on top of a piece of furniture just like a cat so like, please just leave me up here I don't want to get close to it or touch it in any way. Thank you very much. Oh, man, I remember it's like so bad. I feel so I should I shouldn't say that I feel bad because I don't feel bad. So I don't know why I said that. But I have some feelings about when (laughs) when my Nana passed away and we were um, we had her like little thing where we were um, decorating her coffin. Like, I think I showed you those photos. Yeah. 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 but my little cousin, Kenzie, uh, she, her and my Nana were super close and Kenzie took it, you know, really hard. And this really was like, you know, when my auntie passed away and when Mike passed away, like she was still quite a bit younger. So it was like she processed it differently. But now as like, you know, she was um, she's 16 years younger than me. So however old that would make her now, let's not talk about that. But she, you know, so she processed it a lot differently. So she was at the casket and, you know, cry, everybody's crying, you know, obviously. And um, I scared her. Like she went, she went to touch oh Nana's like God, leg. <laughs> You're such a piece of shit. <laughs> I did. She went to reach for her leg and I went, wow. And I just like jumped at her. <laughs> she fucking she was already crying but she cried way harder and I just started laughing because you know that's how I deal with things and even later she was like I love you so much but that's the maddest that I've ever been at you in my whole life and I wanted to punch you in the face until you stopped talking and I was like zero impulse control like so even if like you wanted to not do that there was no way you were (laughs) 
people to not do that. So yeah, that's true. I'm going to put that on a business card. Zero impulse control. My name is Tony and I have zero impulse control. You've seen it. Literally on the back, like, please do not ask me not to. Like, just don't even be specific. Just like. Don't don't even put like an idea into my head because I'll do it and I won't even think about it. It'll just happen. And then popped into your head. You acted on it because you are unable to not act on something like that. Like it pops into everybody else's head, too. So don't feel abnormal on that score. Everybody else thinks of doing stuff like that. But the rest of us are like, no, no, no. (laughs) Yeah. There are lines and boundaries. You're like, what? I'm like, I don't have boundary. I don't know what that word is. That doesn't, it just doesn't like work for me. It sounds French. I'm not sure. <laughs> so true. Oh my God. Okay. Anyways, let's talk about you living in a funeral home. Cause it was, it was like, fine. Like you were fine. Nothing other than I think a bat getting in there. Like, I don't, oh, and somebody yeah, getting that's... murdered, a murder down the street. But besides for that, right? Yeah. Which sounds like, you know, like, oh, aside from like the mass murder and the bats and the, you know, like that sort of thing. But like, no, it actually like wasn't that scary. So I'm terrified. My first worst fear is ghosts. My second worst fear is dead bodies. And I'm like, let's move into a funeral home because it's in the top floor of a mansion um, built by a famous architect named Isaac Perry. He built a lot of the buildings in Binghamton. He's just just his buildings are incredibly special and beautiful. And I was not going to not live on the top floor of a building that he built. And we had like these big like I want to say my windows were about seven feet tall um, with windowsills a foot and a half deep. So you could sit in all the windowsills. And it was just beautiful. And like even my kitchen had a giant window with a giant window seat in it. So you could just climb up onto the window seat and hang out and like look over the whole city. Like it just had like this amazing city view. The rent was nothing. Like our rent was $450 a month um, and it included all utilities and you split cable and internet with the downstairs neighbor because it was like a whole big house. Like it wasn't sort of separate apartments, but not really. It was a very strange layout. Um, and that's part of why it was so cheap is you had no door to your apartment, really. You just walked upstairs and there you were. Um, oh, okay. It's like each door had, each uh, room had its own door. So like we had a bedroom to the right that had a door, the living room and kitchen, which, you know, the, even the kitchen had a door. The living room had a door that went to the living room. The bathroom had a door, the attic had a door and the second bedroom had a door. So like you walked okay. up into this hallway of doors. Like, so you had several doors, not one. So we didn't have like a house key. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, but it wasn't like it was so like it was almost like there was a cast of characters that lived there. You had the funeral director and you had Joe, the embalmer, who still works there and is still friends with like like we have like a lot of mutual friends. So I guess he's doing well. And then you had like the guy that drove the hearse. Like it was like this whole cast of weird characters. But yeah, it wasn't super like there were a couple instances where maybe you felt something or someone like passing through. Mm -hmm. Um. Like maybe if their body like was like there overnight or something. But yeah, it was really creepy because to get into the building, you couldn't use the front door, right? Like of the mansion because that's like the the entrance for the guests, you know, like for funerals. So we had to go through the garage where they kept the hearse. And then we had to go pass through the office 
past the embalming room and up the stairs. So sometimes they'd just be working in the embalming room and they just kind of like wave a big gloved hand when you'd walk by like, oh, hello, just like, God, son of a bitch, I just have to like cover the side of my face. And like, you know, that's uh, the house that we lived in when I found out I was pregnant with Aaron. So I'm like holding my big round pregnant belly, like just like kind of trying to jog up the stairs like as fast as I could to get the hell away from like, ugh. Oh my God. That's hilarious. That's so like, uh, (laughs) like after having spent like many nights with you and knowing how like weird you are about having, not weird, but you know what I mean? Like you have to have like stuff on to sleep because you don't want dead people to talk to you. It just doesn't make sense in my head that you ever would have even thought it was okay for you to move into a funeral home. Like I can't even picture what scenario got you into that place? Like I get like, okay, rent's good. It's beautiful, but like, you're so scared. I know, but I was willing to, to live in a place that beautiful and that historic and that cool to just kind of like suck it up and deal with it. And like, that's how I rationalized it is like, if you're coming to the funeral home and dying and that's how they're like making their money, there's a problem. Like, so usually they're already dead so you don't really have to deal with all that because it's probably not haunted. It hasn't been lived in in a thousand years. So, but yeah, it really wasn't. And we would all hang out in the attic and oh my God, the attic was so cool because there was like hundreds of years worth of like people's treasures. And it was like, you didn't climb up to the attic. It was just right there on the same floor. I don't know how to explain that, but then you could also climb up to the, um, what do you call that? Like catwalk, I guess, sort of. I don't know what you call that, like up on the top of a building where it's like fenced in and you can. So we yeah. would hang out up there and just Wait. look out over the sea. Oh, so cool. That's not called a parapet, is it? What's a parapet? I don't think so. Isn't that like a more pointed structure on like a... I don't know. I'll have to look that up later. I in my head, it's a parapet, but I think I'm just like... Just like oh, flat oh. part of Victorian mansions where... <laughs> could go up there and walk about to view the city from below whatever the fuck that is if some right you know really pretentious douchebag would like to listen to this and be like oh, actually it's called or whatever okay like now is your chance whoever you are. I don't think any I don't think any pretentious douchebags ever listen to my podcast no, I think they where somebody like yeah the one, one time. time like what the like time the that we made fun of bikers motorcycle. yeah <laughs> that was like that Oh, poor Dave. Like, no motorcyclists oh, listen to this. And then, like, just kidding, there's Dave. Hi, sorry. It was, like, that day, I think, that we made fun of it. And then he's he posted a video of how one of my episodes scared him while he was riding his bike by himself in the dark. And I was like, oh, my God. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so but funny. Yeah, so we, okay, so it was definitely, like, there was nothing creepy or bad that really happened there. I would say... There are two things that stand out to me, three things as being terrible things about living there. So one was the bat. Um, Okay, so four things. Two was my neighbor Alice downstairs used to put ice cubes on the thermostat box to make it the heat turn on really high. Um, And my apartment was so hot that it was like January in upstate New York and our butter was melted in the dish (gasps) because it was so hot. So I was like, there I am like, you know, seven, probably six months pregnant at this point, laying naked on my bed with the windows open, just trying to like get 
like enough cool air because I couldn't breathe. It was so hot. So Alice was crazy. Um, I've actually several neighbors named Alice and they have all been terrible. No, one was actually (laughs) a really good Alice for a neighbor. Um, So then the other crazy thing that happened was we had a Halloween party. Because how are you going to live in a funeral home and not have the world's most epic Halloween party? Yeah. Um, and we did. And it was awesome. But one of my cats got loose and we couldn't find her anywhere. So we all had to like go throughout the darkened mansion. And like we couldn't, you, we, I don't know where the fuck the lights are. You know what I mean? So everyone's like, oh yeah. my God, I can't see. So we're stumbling around this giant mansion with like priceless like antiques just looking for this cat. And then I realized, oh, God, she's probably down in either the embalming room or the uh, where they the coffin like showroom where they like let people pick a coffin. And we were literally down there digging through coffins looking for my cat. Like turns out she was like like just hiding like I feel like she was either at the neighbors or like hiding behind something upstairs. But so we did all that for nothing. We had to dig through the embalming room and dig through all these like empty coffins looking for my phone. Was there like someone in the embalming room when you were there? No, thank God. There was oh. not. Everyone was very disappointed because some people yeah. actually wanted there to be like, and I was like crying outside of it. Like, please just find that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I could not go in there. I was like, I don't want to look at anything that looks like a tube or something pointy or like a pipe of some kind. Like, please just like, oh my God. You just no. You know what it's yeah, for then. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know what it's for, but I can imagine like like they have like all sorts of pointy implements. And I'm like, those are not just for like like making cool reflections on the wall. You're plainly gouging chunks of people's skin for whatever reason. I just like need to not <laughs> be a part of it in any way. But that was a bad thing. And then there was a mass shooting that was literally like yeah. a couple doors down. That okay, well. You should tell that story because we haven't talked about that on like on a podcast before. And that is like one of my you know what I want to say years ago, like when we first became friends, that was like one of the first stories that you told me because I think you knew I was like interested in like all of that stuff. And you're like, oh, my God, I have a story for you. One time I lived where there was a mass shooting and I was like, what? (laughs) it was literally like you can see the building from that how like I I mean see it not in the distance as in like it's like a few doors down like we're on main street and it's on like I can't remember the name of the street um like on the corner of that street so it's like you could literally it's like it was right there I think you when I was there with you last I think you drove me by there right like you yeah, drove me yeah. by the funeral home and where that happened right Yeah first we yeah. drove by the place where the shooting was I was like see right there and then I turned right and then right on the left was my building I was like it's yeah. right so it's right. crazy so we didn't know what was going on because we're just upstairs and we've got you know like a baby we're taking care of and Rob used to go out on the roof to smoke because we weren't supposed to smoke inside and like so he'd just be high on the roof which is totally fine totally normal just (laughs) so he was up there and he's like oh my god there's crowds like in the street there's like all these like police cars and there's these helicopters and he's like waving at him and stuff because rob sorry my phone went off so he's upstairs (laughs) sorry so he's like up on the roof like waving to these helicopters and he's like i don't know what's going on 
I was like, I don't know. My dad's always like seems to be in touch with like what is happening in America. So I'm just going to I'm just going to give him a call and see what's happening. So I called him and it was, he's like, oh, my God, are you OK? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, here's what's happening. And so I described the scene and I'm like, and Rob's on the roof. He's like, oh, my God, get him down. There's an active shooter. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, you know, because I'm like, it doesn't make sense to me in that moment. I expect him to be like, oh, my God, get down because it's a roof. I don't know, like just right. get down off there, a uh, young man. So like, yeah, he's like, yeah, there's an active shooter um, at the, I'm trying to remember what the name of the center is. It's like where people go to take their test to become American citizens. I can't okay. remember what it's called. So, you know, there's people all in the streets and like, you know, because people obviously know what's going on and a few people, I guess, like got away. I don't remember the whole story because it's like years and years ago. You know, so I'm like, oh, my God, we got to probably get out of here. Right. And my dad's like, yeah, pack your things. Come on over here. So Rob and I immediately he comes down off the roof. after He figure it figures out what's going on. So he comes down and we start packing and the funeral director comes upstairs. She's like, I'm sure you guys know what's going on by now. And she's like panting, like out of breath. We're like, yeah. And she's like, we, we're going to need you to vacate the premises. The FBI is coming do you guys have some place to stay? If not, like, you know, we'll put you up in a hotel or whatever we got to do. And we're like, no, no, no. Like we're going to stay with my parents. She's like, yeah, unfortunately they, they were the closest place um, where they can bring the bodies. And so they're bringing them right okay. here. Um, so, you know, we're like, okay, yeah, like we'll be packed as soon as we can. So we get all of Aaron's things and we get all of our things and we go downstairs and, you know, like I said, you have to walk through the office Mm-hmm. And we're at the garage where they keep the hearse and they're all out there with stretchers ready and like, you know, conversing with like these like, you know, people in like suits and police officers um, with all of these like stretchers. Um, oh, yeah, it was it was really crazy. So, yeah, we went to um, my parents house. I believe 15 people died. Um, I can't remember how many were injured. But yeah, it was basically a person, I guess, who was trying to get citizenship. And I don't know if he became frustrated or I can't remember. I remember the guy's name, but like, I don't remember like why everyone said like he did what he did, but no one ever talks about that shooting. And it was like a fairly large scale shooting. Yeah. What was his name? You remember Jerry it? Wong. Jerry? Jiverly? Like J-I-V-E-R-L-Y. Yeah, I've never heard that name before, obviously, outside of this story. But yeah, so that was crazy. And about a month after that, we moved out because it it wasn't why. I mean, but like, you know, it was just like not an area where we wanted to raise Aaron anyway. Like it was very, very downtown and cool for like young, hip, single people. Mm -hmm. Not so great for young parents with a baby <laughs> so we uh, moved into a, the suburbs after that oh yeah jiverly wong um, yeah, Ameri- <laughs> yeah it's like it comes up right away the binghamton shooting took place on april 3rd 2009 yeah so aaron was like less than a month old because <laughs> wow. he was born march 17th it says he killed 13 people and wounded four others before committing suicide so yeah there would have been 14 bodies yeah. Wow. Wow. That's, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Okay, but here's here's the thing though. I just okay. saw this is really super morbid, but someone just sent me a video. It was a TikTok video of this guy who they were I don't know if he was like being interviewed for another podcast, but he was saying that he does this is so bad, but like 
when when you hear it, it kind of makes sense. He does terrorism vacations. And so he only books his vacation after something really bad has happened. And then he goes to that place. Well, because it's not going to happen again. Like people aren't going to flock there and be like, this is terrorist city now. Like, right. right? He's like, you know, it's got lots of security and usually you can get tours really cheap. And I was just like, whoa, I don't know how I feel about that. Like I have like half and half feelings, you know, it's like, oh, you know, you don't want to stop going places because something bad has happened. But on at the same time, do you want to, I don't know. It just was like, Oh, I, like I get it, but I don't know if that's for me. Well, yeah, but like after the Vegas thing, like I had a client who was like, yeah, I was supposed yeah. to go to Vegas, but after that I canceled. And I was like, well, like he's not going to do it again. Like, and I know that yeah. sounds like a little bit ridiculous, <laughs> but it's like, he's, um, okay, we just had to pause there for a moment. I don't know how like this is going to get edited. So I, sh- I feel like I should just say that. Just going back to the Vegas thing really quickly. I was in Vegas uh, like two or three days after that happened, that shooting. Right. And see, like you didn't cancel because you weren't like, well, it's become a dangerous place. And now people are going to be like, no, Vegas is right for the picking. It's open season. You know, I like and that sounds terrible. Like I'm saying all these things like so like just cavalierly or whatever. But, you know, <laughs> like be like oh I canceled my vacation after that I'm like well it didn't like you know what I mean that's like yeah like things safer after yeah I would think it's like no one's gonna like try to get away with that again like I you know what I mean like well hopefully yeah yeah, you would hope not people are crazy but yeah no I don't know I felt like I had a great time too good in fact um but like I felt super safe there was like I mean, I definitely noticed there was way, way, way more security than I had ever seen there before. But like, sometimes I don't always like mind that, especially because I was with all girls, right? So it's like on an all girls trip in Vegas and you kind of want to feel like if you made a shout, like someone would come and help you, you know, like, oh, if some like creepy guy was like bothering you that there'd be an, an easy security person to like flag down. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. But anyways, going back to our actual topic, because <laughs> <laughs> we get off very easily. Man, it's funny because like if, if you and I don't spend an hour a day talking and then we get to finally talk, it's just like an explosion. Like that's how it feels. Yeah, we're not even doing a podcast anymore at that point. Then it becomes like us like catching up like, oh, it's been a few days. Let me tell you about, you know. Somebody actually sent me a message today because I posted, I don't know if you saw, but I posted on Instagram that we were going to like record today. He like this guy, my friend Tarl, he like sent a message and he's like, oh, you guys are like great together. And I was like, I know I love her so much. And he said, I know your voice is so excited and full of love whenever you talk with her on your podcast. (laughs) Isn't that cute? And I was like, I was like, yeah, I guess she's okay. No, I'm all right. <laughs> like I'll do in a pinch. Like she's all right. You have absolutely no one else. She's I'm, only one of my very dearest life partners. It's fine. No big deal. That touches my heart. No, you have one. That's cute. I do. I do. Hmm. But yeah, no. As far as like ghosts go, I mean, yeah. So the funeral home was not very haunted. Yeah. So where uh, was this? 
scariest place that you've ever been in? Like not even necessarily like living, but like just like where is the scariest and creepiest place you've ever been in? Fort Ontario. Oh my God. Where's that? So Fort Ontario is on Lake Ontario. I'm trying to remember the name of the like, town. On Oswego, your side, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So in Oswego, New York. Yeah. I guess like if you were to like swim across that lake, you'd be in Canada. So I, um, yeah, that was probably the scariest place I've ever been. And like so many scary things like came off of that. Also very many funny things. Um, <laughs> so we're in one of the rooms and, you know, they, they sit, you know, it's like these tour guides. Right. And I'm there with my brother's. Rob, um, our friends, Derek and Michael, um, Holly Pitts was there. I'm trying to remember who else was there. There's a whole bunch of us. So, you know, we thought it's October, like, let's do this like haunted tour. And so we're in the, this room, the tour guides sit everybody down and they're like, all right, like, we're going to talk to you a little bit about the history of this place and the different ghosts we've encountered because there's different ones in different areas and they all have their own personality and habits and you know things that they do and you know so they're describing the whole things and and my brother Chris is not a small man um he's a very large person like he's not fat he's just one of those big muscle bound dudes he's like six foot three like you know 250 pounds of muscle he's just like gigantic so his chair collapses underneath him (laughs) so I should Obviously. not laugh because that's my worst fucking yes. nightmare. Oh my God. And his recovery was even better. Like, so of course everybody's on high alert. You're on a ghost tour. So the whole room just, ah! like everybody just gasps and screams. And, just, and he's like, not, not a ghost, not a ghost. All right. Brought to everybody by Tony's pizza. <laughs> Just the funniest thing. The best recovery for it, like having your chair smashed beneath you, like courtesy of Tony's Pizza, I believe he said. So, like, <laughs> you, just, I think you took me to Tony's Pizza. I did. I did take you to Tony's because Nick's wasn't open and they're brothers right. and they hate each other and they have these like competing restaurants. My town is so weird. So, yeah. So, Chris, Chris is one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life and I happen to be related to him. So that's really fun. So that was one of the most amazing. So, but like, even though like it got off to a very funny beginning and there were very, very many of the funniest things that have ever happened in my life happened in that building. It was also one of the scariest. It was also the place where I caught a photograph of an actual ghost. Um, I've showed it to you. Oh, I showed yeah. It to you. yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can see his crew cut and his glasses and his military, like almost like chest like uniform like you can see like the buttons down the front of it like he looks like he's like a 1940s like military yeah person um and I guess that Port Ontario is very active during the Holocaust and I guess they like were a safe haven for like Jewish refugees I think oh okay you know, again this tour was you know probably right after I had babies so it was a while ago so I don't really remember like fully but um so that was crazy and me and this other guy saw it at the exact same time right so we're in a group and they're they're talking to us and um it was me and this um this gentleman next to me and we both see something out of the corner of our eye and we both everyone had their cell phones out like ready to like snap a picture of a ghost right so he and I both turn boom cameras out photos bam like took those photos and um mm-hmm. And we were, we both were like, did you see that? Like, oh my God. And the tour guide's like, huh, yeah, I saw it too. It's called dust. Okay. Like he was like oh. so condescending. 
<laughs> so Whoa. rude. And we're like, um, that was, that was not, that's like, yeah, we see it all the time. Okay. We're professional ghost hunters. It's dust. Like he was just like, so like, all right, like that was, uh, that's the rudest thing that's ever happened. But like later on when I looked at my camera and I saw that I was like, oh my God. So that was absolutely crazy. Yeah. So yeah. So another scary thing that happened is one of our friends that was there with us, Nick took a bouncy ball. Cause they were saying, oh, there's this child spirit in here and he's such a little game player. And he just, you know, he's such a playful little thing and he likes to pick up little leftover, like little toys that people leave behind. And oh, so no. fucking Nick decides to take a fucking bouncy ball. Sorry, all the swearing and um, took it home with him and hit it somewhere in Holly's apartment. <gasps> no, and no joke. Like all of her like weird stuff would happen there. Like all of her cabinet doors would fling open and like smack against what? like the walls like that. Not even kidding. And like she'd call me freaking out like all my cabinet doors just opened and Chris isn't home and I'm scared. And like my oh cats my are like hissing at nothing and like things would like fall off the walls and like just fall down. Like um, I'll have to we haven't talked about that in years, actually. Like that was. But that only ha- started happening after that guy stole the bounty ball. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Those like crappy. Back in this area, like in upstate New York, I don't know about other areas, but like in the 60s and 70s, they built all these massive like apartment complexes. Okay. And they're still used to this day. And they're just these ugly old, but no one really lives in them long. They're kind of like starter apartments and they mm-hmm. all look the exact same. Like, they, it, you know, so it's one yeah. of those kind of apartments. So it's like probably not super haunted. You know what I mean? Right. Like, so maybe it could have been a child ghost that died recently but like yeah he brought that bouncy ball home and it happened ever until she moved out of that apartment and she like that was years and years ago she long since had, like oh. gotten married and bought a house and like yeah but that was crazy so for Ontario it was terrifying and every picture I took had orbs all over it and like it was like and it, the feeling in there was like scary there's also this place around here called um the Roberson Mansion some mm-hmm. people say Roberson other people say Roberson I don't really know but that's incredibly haunted, incredibly. Really? Like, I don't remember much about the family, but I think that they were, they built this mansion and it was built around the same time. And I believe by the same architect as like the mansion I lived in, I believe it was like a husband and a wife and they couldn't have kids. So they donated their mansion to um, the historical society to be made into a museum. But they had like a room full of like children's toys that they were <gasps> someday okay. would be for their future child so there's this right. room full of like victorian era like children's toys and they're like still in there i haven't been in a long time but so one time we took the kids because every christmas they do this big display of christmas trees from around the world right yeah so local businesses will take part and they each like kind of like you know donate a tree and it's decorated in a theme of like a different country so even though other countries that don't have christmas they still will like take things from like that culture and make a tree that like celebrates that culture, you know, cause okay. it's really, it's a really nice thing, but you go yeah. and like, you look at that mansion. So, you know, I used to go every year when I was a kid and I couldn't wait to take the boys and the boys and I were, we were all so terrified and upset by the end of this visit that we, we never went back. 
And I can't even, I didn't see anything or hear anything. The feeling that I got when I walked into what I think maybe used to be like some, either the dining room or like a reception room of some kind was just a black terror. I can't even like all the hairs on the back of your neck stand up and your whole body is like, like that fight or flight kicks in and like flight wins. And like, I, I was like, I'm just being a ninny. I'm being a ninny, but I am having a massive panic attack right now. Like I am like, I am melting down right now. Like I can't do this. And I'm like, look down at the kids and they're both like visibly upset, like uncomfortable, like, wow. um, and Rob's just, you know, Rob. So he had no idea what was going on. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just like, what crazy. But like, yeah. So then I, a year later got a gift from my brother. It was a book called haunted Southern tier, which is like the area, like the region of New York I live in. And, um, that is, I guess, one of the most haunted places in the region. And I just never knew that because like when you're a kid, I guess like I just wasn't, I don't know, I was trees, man. And like as an adult, like <laughs> evil resides within these walls. Like, But my kids notice and I, I didn't notice when I was a kid. So I don't know what the difference was. Weird. That's so, so weird. I wonder if, I don't know. Yeah, that's maybe they... Isn't it? crazy. Yeah, I don't know. That's so weird. But that's terrifying, though. That's all oh, that I know. I know that feeling and it's the absolute worst because there's like you literally every part of your body just needs to run. Like you just want to get out of where you are. Right. Yeah. That's, uh, yep. That's what that feeling was. So there's a lot of places like that in upstate New York, especially the area where I live because it was, you know, the, even the village that I live in was established in the 1700s. So it's like, it's an old place with a lot of history, Mm -hmm. like even like the neighborhood that I live in now, you know those ghost tracker apps you can get on your phone? Oh yeah, my god, yes. Don't ever do that. Like somebody told me they're like what are you thinking that is literally a mobile Ouija board? And I was like yeah. I didn't think of it that way. And they're like you're opening up a channel of communication between you and things you should not be communicating with. Like oh fuck, yeah. So I never did it again, but I walked around the neighborhood and like the, the ghost tracker would like say different words mm-hmm. that like spirits were trying to convey to you. And they were like saying like weird things like uniforms, bullets, like soldier, like things like that. Like it was like crazy. Yeah. So and there's like a ton of history in my town. And like, you know, there's there's lots of bad history between like, you know, white settlers and Native Americans. And, you know, basically the town that I live in, like they just like burned a Native American village to the ground and we just like moved in on top of it. So there's some creepy things that happen. Yeah, no kidding. Oh my God. Oh boy. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. I feel like when stuff like that happens, like it's, you know, to say that something is built on blood, like no, but it actually is. And I feel like not a lot of good things can come from that. Right. I I get that everything, really everything now in North America, especially, is built on blood for sure. But it's not like I'm going to move to the place that is untainted by the, like, no, there's not that. We even have a famous Native American ghost. Her name is Sasa Na Loft. It's like S A S A N A Loft, like L O F T. Mm -hmm. And um, she, I guess, was a traveling musician and traveled to Owego to like, I think she was like some sort of missionary, but she died in a train wreck and they buried her body at the very top of a hill that overlooks all of Owego um, in Evergreen Cemetery. And her tombstone is this really impressive obelisk. 
And at night, if you go there, I guess you can hear her singing and like, um, like everybody's heard it. And like you, you bring her pennies and stuff to like pay her for her music, I guess. Wow. Um, have you ever gone? Like, did, have yeah. you gone? And like, how, did you hear anything? No. Um, but my oh. brother, Mike and I were, so my brother, Chris and his girlfriend at the time were driving and my brother, Mike and I were in the back seat because Rob does not participate in shenanigans like that, as you know, mm-hmm. and, um, so we were in the backseat and like Mike and I are a bit more sensitive to that stuff than Chris is. Like Chris has almost no sensitivity to it at all, even though he is the worst night terrors I've ever seen in my life. Like, so I think he's more sensitive than he admits, but Mike and I are hypersensitive to that kind of thing. He and I were like in each other's arms in the backseat, like terrified because the feeling we got in that cemetery was so overpoweringly bad, like, like scary and like awful. And I know other people who go to that cemetery and they say it's like one of the most peaceful cemeteries they've ever been to. It's so beautiful. It's so serene. And I'm like, I don't know, maybe we were just in a bad part, but he and I were both like, like drive, 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 get out of here, get the fuck out of here now. Like it was terrible. So yeah. Wow. Yep. And you never took me there. Okay. All right. No, I'm just kidding. Knives. It really was on the list of things to do, but I think we just got so wrapped up in like crazy Danny and like, Strawberry festival and hiking the falls and you know, there was no <laughs> we did time have for... a good time. I was yeah, like after and after sleeping in that room, like I feel like if you would have taken me to a cemetery, I would have maybe not ever been friends was with you again. Creepy. Yeah. That. Yeah. Also the fact that it had like um a dark stairwell that went to some like unknown section of a basement yeah, the basement that has a tunnel that goes out to the river because during prohibition they used my basement to store like barrels of liquor yeah and then you put me there and so I was like okay so to sleep I'm gonna pile everything against this door I'm gonna sleep with this light on and hopefully the cat will stay in the room with me because I'm gonna shit my pants like I'm terrified same cat that got lost in the coffins yeah thanks for that <laughs> Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. I spent extensive time in that room though, and I never had a problem because that used to be my makeup room. You slept in there? No, but I know that's what I thought. Yeah, mm -hmm, that's what I thought. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Yeah, daytime was a very different story. Oh, do you? Yeah, I can tell because you put me in the fucking haunted room with the prohibition staircase. Well, those would be good ghosts, though. Happy and drunk and drunk. Trying to run away from, you know. I guess the upstairs of that house was haunted, but we never had any trouble really downstairs. Sometimes there'd be creepy noises and I'd get upset. I had terrible dreams there, but. Yeah, I remember that, actually. We used to have a lot of talks about dreams when you lived in that house. Right. Yeah, because it happened to me a lot, like really real vivid, like, oh, my God. It was beautiful, though. Like, so. A lot of cool places. Like, even like the building I'm standing in now has such history. Like, it was built in 1920 and it used to be a. It was actually the doctor's office of the county coroner. (laughs) I just can't get away from it. (laughs) And um, it's been a lot of other things. Like, it's been like a real estate office and a law office. And then most recently, it was the Historical Society Museum. So oh, yes, that's right. I totally mm-hmm. forgot about that. Do you I still have, have all entire, that? Yeah, I have a lot of it. Like some of it I don't, but I have an entire um, 1920s um, 
seating Very section cool. for um, a theater. We sold some of those pieces, but we've got also, we have a bunch of antiques from a nearby factory and... Um, yeah, we have quite a few interesting things here. I have an antique dinner bell, like one of those like big triangles with a wooden stick that you. Oh, yeah. is it in the, is that stuff all in the basement? Yeah. Some of it's in the basement. Some of it I've moved up here to like play with, but. Oh, fun. Man, I can't, wait. I can't wait and see it. I know. I was just going to say like, I cannot wait to get there. I'm so excited because I haven't seen this space. Like I'm so pumped. Oh yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Um, all the flights and stuff are can like completely canceled now, which is super. Yeah, fun. it's great. We're having we're having a great time over here. I'm not sure if you noticed. Yeah, it sounds like a great time. <sighs> Anyways, oh my god. Okay, well I'll let you go so you can go get to your client. Okay, I'm but sad though because this was so fun. I know. I always love it. Okay. All right. I'm, I love you, my friend. Thank you for doing this. I really appreciate I you. you. Thank you for having me. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> okay. Bye. Okay, bye. Anyways, that is it for this episode. You can submit your stories to ProseccoWithTony at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram at Prosecco underscore and underscore ponies. That is it, my friends. You can stay spooky and stay hydrated.